Order. Order, I say. I will have order. We call to order today the meeting of the Otaku High Council. The accused will state his name for the record. Joseph. Joe. A whole name, sir. Really? All right. Joseph Burchette. All four names. No. Joseph Burchette. The accused stands trial today for not seeing an episode of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, God. Really good. Into him and then lost forever when I moved. How do you plead? We're really, we're really doing this. <laughs> so, how do I plead? I don't know. Guilty. There you go. Wait a minute. You okay. fucking borrowed his bebop and then lost it? I don't remember losing it, but that sounds like me. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Okay, maybe children shouldn't be listening to this. This being another episode of the Old Taku Connection, where me, the Joe Face, and Michael Angelina discuss the animus for your hopeful amusement. Got a confession to make, uh, one I should have made in the previous episode when I was doing all the apologizing. I, I almost said misdiagnosed. But, uh... I quite wrongly told Mike what he was looking at in that Blood Rain episode was a postcard memory when it wasn't that, so, uh, please don't crucify me, all you otaku, and all you, uh, young otaku who know where the postcard memory is. I'm assuming anyone's even listening to this. Anyway, uh, not a whole lot to say here, uh, me and Mike have a long history Joe's uh, brand new to it, so that should be interesting for those of you who, like him, haven't really experienced much of it. Anyway, please enjoy. Talking about Bebop, yeah, this is kind of like an emergency uh, episode. As at the end of the previous episode, we found out something rather startling. Yeah, man, I was Our like... Our face has not seen Bebop at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I brought it up. I was like, uh, you know, Joe, Joe, we could fucking just tomorrow do an episode on Bebop, because you and I have seen that shit, especially the first couple episodes, so many times. And I just assumed it was the case for Joe. <laughs> no, I... Trust me, I, it's it's weird for me too. Out of all animes, that is probably one of the ones that you just always should have seen already, and I just never got around to seeing it. I think it was mainly because it was just so damn popular, and that was what everyone was talking about that it just turned me off from it. So yeah, I didn't. You, so I didn't watch it. You're one of those fuckers. Yep, not so much anymore. But I purposely back in the day would search out anime people had not seen yet. Hmm. Hey, hey, I went through that phase too. Yeah, so anything that was popular, I would steer very clear of it and try and find something super obscure and watch that. Mm-hmm. You were the original old taco hipster. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Yeah, it's the way it goes sometimes. You find some interesting stuff when you do that. There is a worthwhile trade-off to it. Really, you just don't want to be a dick about it. Yeah. I always, would, find, yeah. I always find it funny with, with movies, too, because my film history teacher taught underrated and overlooked cinema, and he would also call out not just the people who would overlook like you know cult classics but people who would only watch cult classics and not watch like hollywood shit so it kind of drives me crazy when i hear both sides of that yeah Mm -hmm. i I definitely wasn't a snob about it i mean i i didn't really care you know people hadn't seen this particular anime that i only had heard of or something like that I, i just it was just more so for me personally let me um break something down to uh maybe some people who are in the anime but weren't full of taku a uh, weird thing that would happen with anime fans in the basically up until maybe 2000 whenever streaming kind of took hold is there would be whenever you met another anime fan it was always happy always friendly but there was this sort of secret hissing contest that would happen where it would always be, oh, oh, uh, what animes have you seen? Which ones have you seen? Have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen this? And it was always the struggle to uh, be the first one to point out something the other guy hadn't seen. And, you know, it was never hostile or anything like that. As a matter of fact, me and Joe almost immediately bonded when we found out we'd seen a number of our first animes from the same source. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, that's funny. I, going back to that same history teacher, like I would see that shit. Same thing with film. Like filmers are the same way. I've seen kids like try and like, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And like bring up random shit, and he'd just be like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that was one of the first things that I, I bonded with him over was that uh, we were both Kitano fans. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was also one of those people who just, well, I still am. That hasn't changed. I I, I was really in, the, in the, always in the subbing, the subs, and instead of uh, watching something dubbed, I would go very much out of my way to find a, a sub version of it versus a dub version of it. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, there are there have been plenty of animes that I've seen that have a, have had a fantastic dub to it, but I've just always mm-hmm. felt more comfortable listening to just the the native language versus uh, what did you American. watch this for bebop sub i watched it listen yeah listen to you it, didn't so. watch the dub i did not no that's a shame you're missing out because it's one of the best dubs ever when i prefer it to actually i've been i've been watching more of the subs too and i do like their voices but the dub is just amazing and uh it's a shame because i'm probably going to be quoting a lot of the weird dub <laughs> it's just it's not well, even weird it's just like classic shit delivered by amazing he, actors well i watched um, it on, on i watched it on hulu and hulu has both versions so perhaps after this i will go watch uh the dub version yeah joe i worry that you're not being fair enough to yourself and being like you know i don't know why i prefer this up there's nothing wrong with preferring to hear it in the japanese i kind of have a theory that whether people watch it subbed or dubbed kind of comes down to whether or not you see it as a Japanese thing first or an animated thing first. Mm. So it might make perfect sense to hear it in Japanese. It might not. It's a matter of preference. The only thing wrong is when you try and force whatever you want on somebody else. 
Yeah, I've never That's been it. that way. I mean, I just think the, I don't know, the subs are okay, but the 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 dubs are just there's so much character and personality in those in those voices. Oh, most definitely, yeah. and um, like there's there's maybe a precedent for it in that this seems like a very integrated culture. Bebop takes place the world of Bebop, but um, the upside here is that. It's quality, no matter which way you go. Yeah. However you decide to watch it, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Bo Billingsley. When I heard Bo Billingsley on a in the Final Fantasy VII launch trailer, or the, the first gameplay trailer that they just released with voiceovers and stuff, I was like, I was just like, yes. I fucking, I yelled out, like, oh shit, it's Bo Billingsley! Because like, I forgot that he was the voice of Barrett, and I don't hear him very often anymore but i always come back to bebop and it's just like yeah presidente on the house (laughs) so good it's funny actually um i don't know if it's the same presidente he was talking about but i ended up buying this bottle of brandy called presidente (laughs) (laughs) it was on sale i looked at it and the first thing i heard in my head was that one go have some on the house (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so good great. for the record I think I remember that yeah, yeah it sounds, to... like, sounds like something I'd have told you I damn near told you every time I ate bell peppers and beef well I know this. I think we were living together at the time at one point yeah, yeah. I was like you asked me what I was cooking I was just sitting there waiting for you to do it I may have burnt the shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, anyway, Joe, what did you think? So I watched two and a half episodes, uh, and it was it definitely had, which I'm pretty sure this is intentional, the whole Western in space feel, uh, that, which I thought was really cool. I love that stuff. Um, I it was it was by no means bad at all. It was entertaining, but it just felt. Maybe because it was just the first two episodes and it was just them trying to, you know, just get the bounties. But it felt kind of slow and a, a tiny bit boring. Cause it You're just... fucking fired! Get off of this show! <laughs> I'm taking over the radio station now. I'm changing it to fucking jump a cables in the Beaners happy hour radio station. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being honest. It was, I mean... Every day. Like I said, it was by no means bad at all. I enjoyed it. I didn't stop watching it. I want to keep watching more episodes. I liked it. It just felt the pace was just kind of, it wasn't, I mean, it was just, it seemed like it was just taking its time. I don't know. Yeah, no, but that's, actually, that's kind of one of the things that I really enjoy about, um, especially the first episode. The first episode, it really does take its time. And I, when it finished, like rewatching again, I was like, this is how you write a fucking pilot. It's mm. amazing. Uh, it's it's 20 minutes, but it does take its time. I love the quiet moments where you get... Because, honestly, like no spoilers, but the further you go into Bebop, the more characters they add. And the characters are all great, but you never really... You don't get too many moments with just Spike and Jet together. Um yeah. yeah, yeah. like the thing that's gotten me honestly hooked so far, and like I said, I want to keep watching more and more of it, is the the, the very 
beginning of the first episode when you saw that dramatic scene would look like Spike was getting killed or whatever. I want to know what's going on with that. Obviously, I'm pretty sure that's not going to oh, yeah. reveal itself till way later on or something like that. But um, just that piece has got me interested and just getting I like Spike. He's funny. He's, he's just I like his character a lot. And just all the, the characters are really interesting. It's just that the pacing, which, like you said, was kind of intentionally done yeah. that way. Well, I think you're the other thing is, I mean, in most anime, they so far that we've seen, like we just watched a fucking Blood Rain, and that I mentioned that I liked the one or two quiet moments that it had <laughs> in like, and and in like what an hour, but so it probably like an hour, and minutes. it probably also feels like it's a lot slower than it actually is because you know when you break it down, it does move pretty pretty fast because it's only 20 minutes and they cram a lot in there mm. um mm-hmm. and it's just i don't know i and i love that it the first episode ends with the same quiet moment that it starts with but it's recontextualized by what they've just been through and it's a perfect picture of what these guys lives are they see all this shit but at the end of the day it's like they have to go back to the struggle yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like <laughs> I like the fact that in both episodes they didn't really seem to get any money from any of those bounties because things yeah. kept getting messed up. But no, it's it felt like um what I what I enjoyed about it and like I said what's gonna keep me going with it is that it even though each episode kinda felt like a routine, like they go through the whole you know, they, they something they go for the bounty, they they may get it, they may not get it, and they go back to where they where they, you know, where everything started from again. And it just keeps doing, but what's cool about that is that it seems like as that's happening, you're getting to know the characters more and more things are getting added on slowly and things are building up. Like the at the end of the second one, the with the dog. Now they have the dog on the ship now. So it's just <laughs> it's just like things yeah. are characters are slowly being added, new things are slowly happening, you're learning yeah. more about them. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's also it's it's kinda of why I was surprised, but it makes sense that Joe Jumbo Cables was like just watch the first two episodes because um, and I really, I hope we watch more, but the first four or five, you're hitting it on the nail pretty directly. Like the first four or five episodes are the setup. Mm. And then after that, it's cowboy bebop for <sighs> tw- 20 or however episodes. Um, and they're great episodes, but Yeah. Yeah, that was the feeling I was definitely getting from it, and that's why I knew I shouldn't stop watching because it's 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 the build up. Things are going to start happening. I mean, they're already happening, but it's going to get way more interesting really quickly if I just stick with it, which is why I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I <laughs> I like the music and I love the scenery. It just so much feels like a western. It just it just it's so great. I, I love westerns like a lot. So anything that gives off that type of vibe, I'm like completely, I'm completely for. So mm. I, I'm actually excited to watch more. Well, I'm happy to hear that from you, Joe, because you've kind of killed a theory a friend of mine had that a person can't like Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star. What? You either like one or the other. Well, that person is dead wrong. <laughs> they are both wet. What? That's weird. Yeah, how does that... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're both space westerns, yeah. but I guess they're on very opposite ends of 
space western. I never got. I never got into Outlaw Star. I mean, Trigun. You will. Trigun's kind of a western. Oh yeah, I mean, it is a western. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a- it's definitely a western. I guess it's not in space. Do they ever go to space? Uh, don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's um. Mike latched on to something interesting and something I really like about not just uh, Cowboy Bebop, but maybe Space Westerns in general when he mentioned the struggle. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the funny thing about this. It's like the primary motivation of a lot of these things. Maybe every one I've seen is the powerful need to eat, if I can quote another one. (laughs) Beef. Yeah. They never it's like got the driving food. force behind that first episode is adding meat to the bell peppers and beef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always, there's always like a, a good, you know, cartoons from our childhood always have this sounds that I, I probably talked about it before, you know, like Batman, like I could fall asleep to just the humming of the Batmobile when he's inside it or the mm-hmm. sound of the Batcave. Uh. Uh, Bebop has the spaceship, but it also has the stomach grumble. <laughs> and I'd be surprised if anyone who hasn't watched the show multiple times didn't hear that specific grumble in their head when I just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, it's... At point, it, it's it's uh, curious to ask uh, which stomach grumble you heard because I'm pretty sure I heard Ein's in my head. I don't know. It's always, I always feel like it's the same one. It's always like a shortcut so like this is what they're doing, and it's like a. It sounds almost like a, a meowing cat or like a purring cat. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I I also really like to all the the fight scenes. It, it always I always found it so hilarious that every time someone starts fighting Spike, they never seem to expect him to fight as good as he does. And like the, I saw in an episode. Um, like I got halfway through episode three and I was in the casino and like the, I guess one of the guards or something had punched Spike and like, he just kind of like didn't really flinch and he just turned his head around. Everyone started freaking out. And there was also like another scene in episode two. That's with the dog. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just like, I just like that he's always training. That's what it seems like kind of in the, I guess in the ship. And it's just, you don't think he's that good of a fighter, but he kind of is. I don't know. He's still like street fighting and whatever, yeah. but He's, he's, I'm not sure how tall he is in comparison to the average person, but he's just like very lanky guy. Yeah. I, think, I think he's supposed yeah, to like be like 6'1 or something. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. He's tall. Always got this bad posture. He looks bored, kind of listless. And I think he walks a bit bow-legged, yeah. I guess. And I'm not sure how much of that is something he's doing on purpose, but yeah. it doesn't speak to the of coordination and precision he actually yeah, has. I, I think it's just it's just expressiveness hmm. uh, body language on the part of the animators but as far as how that um, affects kind of his character I think he's just uh, you know he's very he's a quiet person and he holds a lot in but I think that it does come out sometimes it comes out in his body language like when he's depressed or he's thinking about something far away, you know, you know he is, and he'll be like slouched over, sitting backwards on a chair like fucking Slater. 
and but someone will ask him what's wrong and he'll just be like oh i was just spacing out or some shit uh, but then there's times where you know he's happy and he perks up and he has like perfect posture um, i was mm-hmm. noticing that uh, actually when he meets asimov the second time when right before they fight mm-hmm. And he's, I love that he does the undercover thing and he's just like, show me. Yeah. And then he like perks up and he's like, looking for this? And then he jumps up and he's like standing super straight. Um, but one of the things I noticed about that shot was his, one of the shots, his head was like really tiny. Um, <laughs> but that was, uh, yeah, I did notice his posture this time around a lot. And when he's doing Jeet Kune Do, he has really good posture. But mm. yeah. Hey, he's a really laid back guy. He just... I, like, I don't know. I like him. Yeah. He's, he's fun. Sometimes a little too laid back. Yeah. Mm. Everybody loves Spike. <laughs> I can see why. If you don't love Spike Spiegel, you don't have a heart. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I love the guy. It's an interesting and fun character to follow. It's actually kind of surprising you don't really see Jeet Kune Do. You know, you see it in fighting games a lot, but not a whole lot in... Uh, I guess other forms of media, least of all anime. I think Bebop may be the only one that I've seen. That's true. And it's interesting to think that it usually turns up on a Bruce Lee cloned character. And that's one of the things I appreciate about Spike in the series in general is he's he's just an amalgam. He's an amalgam of all these different cool things. Like uh, he's he's based off this old... uh, detective character to kind of uh, from mm. Japanese TV I forget the name of the actor but it's a famous actor and like you know he does Jeet Kune Do and, and just the, the, the culture of the show like when they're they're on Mars I think the I think it was the second episode I was starting to just look at you know the, all the shots and stuff and all the all the languages and stuff it, it feels uh I got a real Blade Runner influence, um, mm-hmm. you know. Especially, I noticed uh, one thing when I watched, because I watched the dub first and then I watched the sub afterwards for the first episode. Anyway, I didn't have time for the second, but um, in the sub for the for the first episode, when they're going through like the the gate, mm. like the the space gates, there's a bunch of different voices uh, speaking in a different languages talking about like instructions on how to proceed through the gate, which I thought was an interesting, um, I liked he- hearing that it just gave a, a more, a sense of believability to it, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 That idea of the world culture, yeah. <laughs> maybe universal culture at this point, literally. Yeah. yeah. And when, when Asimov's or not Asimov, uh, Akeem Abdul yeah. <laughs> is, is walking through the streets in the second episode, just kind of encountering, like, he goes into the Chinese shop, and there's a bum there. And I was just like, wow, this feels like being in Chinatown in San Francisco. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. I always talk about that when I'm in, in the city and I get on Muni. It reminds me of Blade Runner, especially when it's raining and there's lots of neon lights out. And, I, and it, they're like, the next stop is Powell Street, but then it'll say it again in Chinese. Um, oh yeah well something i appreciate it too and i think mike you may have said this in the eden of the east episode where you like something that really knows its references and i think like spike in talking with that guy in the pet shop you know owns up to 
being a fan of Bruce Lee himself. And Abdul Hakim is also a reference to one of the Bruce Lee students, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, who yeah. fought in game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very clear nod. It's so cool. His huge hands. I love that. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Only thing that would uh, maybe have been too on the nose to have him kick Spike in the chest and leave a big old footprint on the suit. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been yeah, great. It's, it, was, it was kind of nice in that, but you know, watching that first episode for the first time and I see him go into that uh, stance with the hand motions. I'm like, is he? Is he? Oh, she's good. You know freaking out because Jeet Kune Do was my shit back then. I love yeah. the fight scenes. Yeah, it was it was quite good. I've like I've only seen like two and a half episodes and I know this is truly a, a beloved anime, but what was, what got you guys hooked on it? Was it the later episodes or like Mike, I know that you were kind of talking about what you really liked in the first two episodes. Is that what got you hooked? as well um, let's go first because I'm certain my story is nowhere near as interesting as Mike's okay but, um, some of it was just you know I was in that period where I wasn't able like I really loved anime but I wasn't able to watch a whole lot of it yeah this is before the internet became like an extremely viable source for it if you wanted to find anime on the internet you could but it took some doing and maybe a bit <laughs> privilege in that this is the age 56k yeah you know yeah goddamn. damn <laughs> like a 200 something megabyte episode is gonna be a few nights of downloading yeah <laughs> be like i should be able to watch the second episode next wednesday exactly and not because that's I mean, what, I guess, what i guess air. I was about to say it would match the airing order in the sense that it would be weekly for you. You could download <laughs> an episode a week. Yeah. So some of it was just, oh, it's a new anime on TV. Let me check it out because I caught it when it first came out on Adult Swim. However, one of the things that did stand out, yeah, was uh, Spike's use of Jeet Kune Do, that sort of space western vibe, which I'd already liked from uh, Outlaw Star. And just, you know, as it went on, it kind of drew me in more and more in spite of the fact that it was so episodic. It was still, it was just like a really good TV show. So you you saw it by, um, did you, so you didn't see it on TV, you saw it from downloading? I did see it on TV. Oh, you saw it on TV, okay. Yeah, there was yep. a big push on Adult Swim for a while, and it was, it was like the shit. It was probably like 2001, mm -hmm. somewhere, somewhere around there, 2002, it was around when I first met you. Bebop got a big push in 2001. It was released in 98 uh, in Japan, but Adult Swim was kind of the they they were putting it out, um, and it was it was a big deal, and there was a lot of buzz. And for me, I know it was one of those things where I had seen like part of an episode, and I had talked to Jumpa Cables about it, and I think and and you were like, oh, it's it's good. You got to watch that shit for sure. Um, it's funny because I remember the exact like. I have an image of in my brain of the first thing that I saw from Bebop, and it was just, and we were talking about slow moments earlier, it was just Jet and, um, what's the name of his partner, his old partner? Uh, trying to remember, I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, he's got a cool mustache, <laughs> and he's kind of brown. 
but so you learn more about Jet in the future. But um, he, he was an ex, ex cop, and sometimes he goes and talks to his partners. But it was this shot of him and his buddy just kind of talking and reminiscing about some shit. And I think probably what stuck in my head about it was like it was different than probably any other anime that I had seen. I had probably seen like just Akira or like random clips of Trigon or random shit from from Adult Swim where, you know, things are people are bouncing off the walls and going crazy and like but this was like this was grounded. It had its setting, it had its characters and they were just sitting there talking. And those two ten those two characters also have a tendency to just like briefly reminisce occasionally and I thought it was I don't know something about that grabbed me um <laughs> but as far as like diving in I think this might have been what you were mentioning earlier <laughs> jump of cables was uh mm-hmm. I somehow I think I picked up the first DVD copy of Bebop at like a GameStop because they used to have used DVDs um mm-hmm. <laughs> and then from that point it was a great hunt for like, I don't know, like a year maybe where I would just like go to different stores and see if they had like the, the DVD that I would need or if they had it, I would wait and come back to see if it was cheaper. I remember I picked up like this, the fifth session on like a family vacation down in LA somewhere. <laughs> But uh, I was always on the hunt for like cheap mm-hmm. used copies of, of Bebop, and I managed to get all six uh, DVDs. And I still, that's what I used to watch them today. So that was a boring story. <laughs> no, it's not. But, well, no, it brings me to something else, which is like that was just the life of, well, what is an old Taku now back in their heyday? You were always on the hunt. Yeah. You always had like eyes all beady darting around looking for that you know <laughs> where you were going to get your next fix yeah. <laughs> you know you were, yeah, you were surfing surfing every channel on the tv if you had like internet options you were utilizing those you went to every video rental store that had an anime section well first yeah. you found every anime section in every video store yeah or like Suncoast my, video oh man Suncoast Suncoast was like uh the mecca was it was like the, the haven for you yeah, but man. like my go-to place was uh used music stores because they would always have used tapes and you know i i'd be able to find animes on the cheap there a couple of bucks which considering i didn't have a job back then was all i could manage i mean we were in high school yeah <laughs> uh, yeah man sign coast video used to have and i don't think they exist anymore I remember so I remember very clearly I think the first anime I ever like I was like let's see about what this whole anime thing is or maybe <laughs> or maybe it was just Akira itself I was like let's see what this Akira thing is uh, I remember renting it from Silver Screen Video uh, I think I was I don't know if the timeline match matches up but I was living with me and my mom were living with my grandma I think I rented Akira on VHS from from some mom and pop video place. Man, I miss Suncoast Video. Yeah, the place was great. Well, they kept 
they figured out pretty quickly which uh, side their bread was buttered on because uh, you started finding a lot of weird stuff there related to anime. Like, uh, they started selling uh, posters, which was fine, but then wall scrolls started showing up. That's when you kind of tilt your head. And then some anime t-shirts, which they had movie t-shirts too, but still kind of stood out. And I think what really kind of hit home is when I found like one of those like bamboo training swords <laughs> <laughs> and like the only thing cooler than that was like the crazy old woman who was like explaining to me what it is because I guess she thought I didn't know <laughs> and asked me if I wanted to spar with her later well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny yeah the only sad part of this story is that like I bought this really like badass champ blue shirt and some, some asshole on the train home stole it Oh, that's fucked. Ah, uh, man. That sucks. I thought you were going to say you took her up on her duel and then you beat her to death on accident. <laughs> I, I wish I could have sicked her on the on the thief. Which, you know, shampoo shirt thief, if you're listening, uh, thank you for listening, but also eat a dick. Hmm. Give me my shirt back. You too, Andrew Jackson, jihad shirt thief. Yeah. My backpack yeah. goes open in the pit. But, uh, oh, so much crime. He's but punished. anyway, yeah, it was the fucking it was the wild west back then, man. Like one of the things, one of the reasons that I also had to, you know, hunt down those DVDs was because of demand. Like I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, like I would go and not have money and see the DVD and then come back and then be gone. Mm-hmm. People, people were out for them things, and uh, you weren't the only one on the hunt. Yeah, and you know the fact that they were even showing up at GameStop means that it, it was very rare because you know. Yeah. I mean, you'd always you'd go there and you'd see like fucking, I know five copies of Norbit, and it's like all right, <laughs> a lot of people are regretting buying Norbit on DVD. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was not yeah. a great movie. Time out. You bought Norbit on DVD. It was it was a different okay. time, my friend. It's a different time in his life, Mike. Okay. We can get into this later date. Um, hey, you you didn't like uh, it? Uh, it was just... It was... It was a movie. You bought it for yourself? No, I don't remember why I bought it. I just remember watching it and getting it. I just don't remember. You like Eddie Murphy? No, yeah, I like Eddie Murphy. Just not... Well, yeah, everybody does. Yeah, I, mean, I like Eddie Murphy. It's just... I, I don't know. Was that like around the time of the Nelly Professor? Maybe, maybe that's why. It was a little after. A little the, after. This was early 2000s. This is when he lost momentum. Okay. This is like I want to say it's after the Doctor Doolittle's and stuff. You may be able to chart that course directly back to Norbit <laughs> if you're looking for the exact time frame where Eddie Murphy kind of lost yeah. steam. That, that might have been why. Maybe and because maybe the Haunted Mansion somewhere yeah. around there. Pluto Nash. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I mean. They could all be wonderful films. I didn't see any of them, so I'm not trying to judge. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, but wait. Of black people, <laughs> or at least what Mike thinks is a black guy, I have no confirmation on his uh, ethnicity. He's uh, black. We talked a lot about Spike. Let's talk about Jet for a minute. Well, let's break it down. His first name is Jet. His last name is Black. His voice actor is a black man. <laughs> he's he's light skin, but uh, 
I'm saying we we claim him. <laughs> well, I mean, at the at the next um, at the next uh, uh, racial draft, I'll be sure to put all all you know put all my del have all my delegates put all their votes down on Jen mm-hmm. Black. Did I already I already told you guys my 2016 picks, didn't I? That's uh, on your Twitter. Okay, but be sure to say- check out his. <laughs> my Twitter. Yeah, God, I feel like Joe ten years ago. <laughs> yes, Joe. What did you think of Jen? It wasn't. I mean, he wasn't in there a lot. I mean, I've only seen the, just the the two episodes. So I, I mean, but the parts he was in there, um, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, I like. <laughs> I liked when he uh, after he gave he gave the the beef and broccoli or whatever that stuff was oh the beef bell and onions bell peppers was even though it really wasn't beef, um and he just kind of he he kept trying to talk kept trying to try um <clears throat> excuse me words he kept trying to tell Spike you know about the next bounty and just Spike was just complaining the entire time and then like just a jet just started yelling at him and telling him why they had no money and why they couldn't get meat so I thought that moment was funny. So I mean, but he's yeah, I, I like like the the clenched chopsticks as he's like working the circle angrily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, completely, completely confused look on Spike's face as he's looking at the bell peppers. Yeah, every moment that they've shown him so far in the episodes that I've seen, it, it's always been you know pretty funny. So that's the impression I've gotten of him so far. He's yeah, kind of their their relationship is is a big part. The, the... I don't want to say it's the whole crux of the series, um, but it is a huge part, and I, I really love that. Um, one thing I did notice watching these two episodes was that the series is a little more exposition-heavy than I remember, and it's all kind of laid down on Jet. But I think the reason I didn't notice it before is because he delivers it all so well, and also the writing is there to where the his banter with Spike... You know, he'll there'll be times where will he'll say all of the needed information for the episode to make sense, but mm-hmm. nobody in the crew fucking cares. <laughs> but the well, audience, yeah, and, and he'll lament it aloud from time yeah. to time as well, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah, they're very good about using him to organically um, input information. President Day. I can tell you guys something about Jet Black and myself personally. He's like all I hope to become by the time I turn 36. Hmm. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mechanical arm. Yeah, everything. yeah. I got a long way to go before I'll be that cool. No, I was just thinking about his age. Like, that's seven years from now. <laughs> I've, oh, I've, I've already passed I had this moment where I already when I realized that I passed uh, Tupac's age when he died yeah. and I had accomplished not nearly as much as he had but uh, now, right now I'm having that moment with Spike I think he was like 27 in, at this time mm-hmm. time to show yeah ish so wait, Jet was 36 how, how old was he um, I guess it's a minor spoiler, though not really. He says it in the like preview for one of the episodes. It's oh, never, okay. I think, said aloud during the show, so you can't really tell. It's more like, I don't know, trivia or extra information. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But, um, 
something I want to bring up in regards to that and maybe the sort of ubiquitous uh, ethnicity of the characters is the designs specifically. Both how they stand out against uh, other anime characters as well as on their own and how they kind of... I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for. There's sort of a, a contemporary element to it, even with even alongside some of the futuristic like uh, Jet's metal arm and weird... Yeah, it's also metal bits in his face. It's interesting that you use the word contemporary, considering we're almost at the twenty-year anniversary of this show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I guess I guess the word I should use is a uh, classic. Yeah, I mean, but... it shows aged very well. I feel mm-hmm. twenty years. I didn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fucking Christ! It's Jeez. eighteen this year. Oh man. <laughs> It's Cowboy Bebop is legal. (laughs) Finally. But yeah, talking about the designs of the characters, another thing I I picked out was just, we were talking about, um, you know, how the future of this world is very multicultural and kind of mixed up. I like that you have, um, like Asimov is kind of, I didn't know what Isaac Asimov was. Obviously he was named after, he was probably white. He was probably like, I don't know, Jewish or something, but that character is... As uh, as, as Moth is Jewish, yeah. Yeah. Um, The the character is a very dark-skinned character. and Mm -hmm. I didn't know... I I always assumed he was Mexican. See, I always thought he was... I always thought he would be like Middle Eastern or something. But um, Mm -hmm. one of the things I, I, I did like notice was like, his girlfriend too. She was, uh, she was Latina or or something. She was Latina or Hispanic, and in the English dub, she has uh, a slight accent, but she's also she's brown as well. Hmm. And I yeah. just thought that's just something that's like, there's no reason for her character to be that way, other than that somebody sat down and thought. The you know it's the future and humanity has expanded so far into space and there's all this uh, miscegenation that's happened and so why not? But it's it's really cool that they they thought things like that and also if I don't think we ever see his his real face or if it's supposed to be that the white guy that they show but Hakeem Abdul <laughs> is a yeah he looks like a punker. Mm. Like that sort of like obscured face. Yeah. Like Sid Vicious or something. Yeah. That makes you wonder why why he decided to go with a black guy with an afro. Because it's the exact opposite. (laughs) (laughs) And it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe he was something different before that. True. No, I love the mixture of all the different races. That was, uh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, and maybe this is just something I was noticing for the first time, but um, Mars feels like space China. Space China. Funny that you say that, because... Wait, never mind. (laughs) I was going to say it felt like space in Mexico, but that's because in the first episode, they were in Mexico. (laughs) Oh, yeah, TJ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like like it was um, in the second episode. I guess there's this reason for it to seem weird in regards to Spike, though it's, I guess, some spoilers. Suffice to say, you'll kind of wonder 
why Spike is so directly tied to Mars is you find out more about him if Mars is in fact space China. Hmm. <laughs> See, I don't know. I feel like Mars is is meant to be that you know that big. Like like I said when uh, earlier the scene where what the fucking uh, Hakim goes into the the bar. Like yeah. to me, that felt more like Chinatown in San Francisco. Um, Good. Yeah, and you have a weird little brown homeless guy, and you have like the the guy behind the counter with the the light Chinese accent. It just felt like Chinatown to me. But uh, mm-hmm. also, you see more of it in the movie when we go to Mars. But there's also you know, there's a Spike goes to like know, like. Like a like a bazaar, like yeah, a, yeah. It's very, uh, uh, it's like an Arab setting. It's very it has a Middle mm-hmm. Eastern feel to it. Yeah. So I always thought so of Mars as different parts of town. Yeah. So I always thought of Mars as like, kind of like a big city like San Francisco or or New York, where there's all these little towns, but there's a lot of miscegenation and but it covers the whole planet. Yeah, like a cultural hub. Yeah, exactly. Definitely a cultural hub. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you guys, what do you think of the ending of the first episode? Um, let me just say that, like, Bebop hooked me. Joe got hooked on that scene, the spike in the beginning. Bebop honestly hooked me <laughs> with the spike like if you can't really call it shadow boxing but basically exercising in the dark <laughs> for some yeah. reason with a that cigarette. seemed like the coolest shit in the world to me <laughs> you know what that reminds me of I, you guys ever seen Godfrey do stand up no I don't think I have oh man you probably have but hmm. Godfrey's not that big anymore I, actually I don't know if it was Godfrey but it was somebody who like second generation African American, like real African American, like their dad was from Africa. I just remember them telling this joke about how they would come home in the dark and their dad would be sitting in the dark smoking a cigarette. Hmm. And all the, all that he would see would be he'd be listening to jazz. All you would see would be the light on the <laughs> the light on the stereo and the light of the cigarette. So he made the joke that it was like you were talking to the devil with a lazy eye. <laughs> oh, that must have been a scene. <laughs> but that's what that scene <laughs> kind of reminds me of. Just he's in the dark, and there's that harmonica playing, and you know you see the cigarette light. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I mean, apart apart from that ending, I mean, the ending where, um, what the hell's the girl's character's name? Oh. Did she ever get a name? I don't remember hearing her name at all. I don't remember. I feel like it was like Rosalina or some shit like that. But yeah, something like that. But anyway, she, you know, that's pretty tragic. Like one of the things that I really latched onto this time was there's a scene where where Asimov is like freaking out in the in the cockpit, and she there's just a shot of her, and it's just like she's freaked out a little bit but she's also just like kind of calm like she's just looking at him and like she's just accepted it yeah um 
but the scene where she's kind of when she's looking at him, it reminds me of this this cut from from Superman the animated series that always drove me crazy. And this one in Bebop is like a better version of that. But the one in Superman was like it was just a shot of Lois Lane, and it was a still shot, but they made like her pupils like vibrate, and then they played like scary music and then close to commercial and i always thought that that was like a really cheap thing Mm. but but this one i i thought was great and then it all happens like really fast but i always forget how tragic that first episode is where she sees him he's falling apart she realizes that if they make it out what's their life going to be anywhere he's a mess and so she just blows his brains out and spike is just just watches it happen mm-hmm. and then ISSP murders the shit out of them oh Ooh. god yeah yeah, yeah. But, oh, that was sad but yeah I know I just, there's there's this wonderful tragic quality to the entire series like it get, it's a lot of fun a lot of the time but there's it gets it's very tragic like not only mm-hmm. the tragedy of these characters themselves and what they get themselves involved to and their past histories and the baggage they carry, but the tragedy of the people that they hunt down. And that's going back to DC again. That's something that Batman did really well. Um, but is getting the giving the antagonists a tragic angle so where you feel for them and you don't feel so bad that they get away or or that they don't get the bounty you know Hmm. and connect more to all the characters instead of just one or two yeah yeah i want to say that probably stems from uh uh influence from like old noir films or detective shows in general where there's always sort of a slight air of melancholy or dissonance and regards to what's going on usually following a jaded character so it's neither Spike or Jen are exactly jaded but they do kind of carry some, some weight to them anyway anything you guys want to mention before we close this out I do plan to revisit not just Bebop but the works of uh, Shinichiro Watanabe yeah um, big the boss me- behind this so yeah we'll need to try and get everything everything in one shot i don't know i just wanted to i want to talk about the music um that's a big thing but also oh, yeah. I, I just wanted to mention really quickly that there's i don't know it's fun watch re-watching these over again there's a shot of ein <laughs> i really liked and it's when uh he gets chucked out of a moving vehicle off of a bridge oh, okay <laughs> and then spike flies down to rescue him <laughs> but then the shot of him like it's like it just makes no sense i've always had to suspend my disbelief on this one but i that spike could catch a falling dog with a spaceship and the dog is fine but like if you look at the actual the way they animated it i'm like is like spinning and does like a backflip in the air before like splatting onto the windshield right yeah it's really funny but yeah uh, the music really kicks in in that scene as a, as a chase scene, but um, yeah, one of the things that was another thing that really drew me to the series 
was was so unique was the music. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a, an unusual pairing that works like extremely well. Like it's it's brilliantly done, brilliantly done. <laughs> um, but also, I've mentioned this to you before, Jumper Cables. Like, um, and the first time that this kind of had the lid blown off on this for me was. I started getting into Tom Waits, and then there's a track on Rain Dogs, which is from 1985, called Midtown Instrumental. Um, there is a point in Cowboy Bebop, the second episode, where straight up, like, that song plays. And it's not exact, but it, it is that song for a few minutes, and then it kind of does a different medley. But then I started researching that. Um, like just like has anybody talked about that this was years back and I was looking up Yoko Kano who did all the music and it turns out <laughs> if you go on YouTube you can find videos where people have just taken like 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 five or ten seconds of her music and then five or ten seconds of the music that she was clearly inspired by or stolen if you want to say that but uh, it kind of made me lose a little bit of respect for her um, to hear that so much of her music is just directly, like directly, I would say more than influenced by a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how, what the laws are between the two countries, but I don't think that um, there was ever you know, credit given to people like Tom Waits or any of these other artists that they directly referenced. Um, and I, it's hard for me to fault her as an artist for that too much, but it, it still, it still does kind of, kind of taint it for me a little bit. Mm. But that said, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some, a lot of that stuff is really good original music. I'm just assuming I haven't like compared every single song from Bebop <laughs> out there, but there are some amazing tracks like the track from the movie Tank. I mean, SDNA. I was actually I was actually going to ask you um, which uh, song from Bebop is your favorite. Hmm. God damn. It's, uh, let's see. I mean, Tank is the classic. Uh, actually, uh, so the ending song, I love. But there's a, a version of that ending song that plays in the last episode, which I think is just... Uh, it's called it's, See You Space Cowboy. Mm, are you sure? Uh, the I'm version, pretty sure. The version I listen to, like... Um, so the ending song is called... The ending song is called... The Real Folk Blues. Yeah, it's called The Real Folk Blues, and the one from the last episode is called Farewell Blues, at least on the the version that I have. Um, you can look it up later. It's slightly, this world was called See You Space Cowboy. I, I've listened to it so many times. I know that. Me too. And there's Believe so. Me. I know, but there's and there's so many different like volumes and releases on of the Bebop soundtrack. So there's probably different titles and shit. Um, but yeah, I I really like that. But it's hard. It's it's a toss up between that, uh, Ask DNA, which fucking kicks. 
<laughs> it's such oh, a good God. song. Yeah, that song. It's so good. Uh, SDNA and and uh, Gotta Knock a Little Harder. I just mm. I love Gotta Knock a Little Harder. It's it's yeah. a, that's an amazing song. Um, uh, and, and, and I, I actually I remember back in the day I watched most of this with my family and I I know like like I showed the whole series to my dad and he's he's not really like an, an anime fan he's a big fat like almost sixty year old Mexican dude uh, but he he loved Cowboy Bebop but uh, and he he really likes. I remember one time I was just listening to uh, knocking on or not knocking on heaven's door got to knock a little harder and he was he was pretty drunk and he was like that song's amazing he's like really digging it <laughs> yeah I think in regards to favorites I'm kind of torn between uh, New York Rush uh, Call Me or I guess it's Call Me, Call Me. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. And I don't know if it's in the category of favorites, but like I could probably listen to Cats on Mars on loop forever. Mm. Which is uh, Edward's crazy theme, the one that plays in the uh, <laughs> preview for Jamming with Edward. Is that the one that's like... Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's one that's from uh, I forget what it's called, but it's it plays when during one of the early fight scenes between Spike and Elektra in the movie. But it's also the DVD menu music for the movie, and I, I really yeah. love that. It's just like it's a classic bebop movement. It's like fight scene, like smooth club jazz. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's so cool. I love it. Smooth jazz, bounty hunters in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And serve chilled. It's delicious. <laughs> I drink it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Joe, mm -hmm. are you full that we subjected you to this? We made you, you know, broaden your horizons and think <laughs> <laughs> about this. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, uh, it's like I said, I, it's funny because, I mean, as, <laughs> for the past 30 minutes, I've actually been watching episode three with the with the subtitles on. So <laughs> I am looking forward to watching more. So It's a good formula for bad radio, Joe. Yeah. But it's yeah, a Joe, te testament to the to show, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And now, Joe, since you've seen that show and you saw Jet's gambling attire, you know what to get me for my birthday. <laughs> indeed but um but overall i love bebop i can see why everyone seems to like it a lot Oof. um i'm sure i'll get a better feel for it and why everyone loves it so much as the episodes progress and the story gets deeper mm. um but yeah no, it's, i i'm glad that we we did this this um this podcast because that gave me a chance to actually finally watch it so i'm gonna go ahead and say this is our, our dynamic. Joe, you're Jet, Jump of Cables, you're Ein, and I'm definitely Faye. Okay. <laughs> so by Ein, it means I'm really smart, but no one ever understands me. Yeah. 
and you just kind of chill there. Big Papa Bear. Okay. But you pull your weight when it's least expected. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it is. Sweet like cake. Wait, why are you fake? I mean, mean, if you're you're trying to say you're sexy, then I wholeheartedly agree. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. You you think face Delicious. (laughs) But, uh, okay. Uh, Well, I don't think I'm cool enough to be Spike. Uh, I guess I shouldn't assume I'm cool enough to be Faye, but I'm just like... It's too over the top sassy, and I don't really listen to anybody. Yeah, sassy. I just, I just feel like it's no one can say that they're Spike. No, no, not at all. And you are pretty damn sassy. Sassy. Yeah, it's only gotten worse. I used to be on the on the Seinfeld spectrum. I used to be more of a more of a Jerry George, but now I'm in the realm of like Elaine Kramer. Oh God! I think I've recently gone full Elaine. Neurotic. I have what any of that means. Pretty darn neurotic. That's yeah, too bad. Uh, something I forgot in the previous episode that will probably make the back end of it, you know, even more massive. The recommendations, and uh, it's a little hard to recommend something based on Cowboy Bebop since it has such a. Like a like a wide appeal across the board. It's hard to sort of hone in on anything. Uh, I mean, outside of the other works of Shinichiro Watanabe, specifically uh, Samurai Champloo, which has a very similar spirit to it, mm. and um, maybe Space Dandy. I've only seen one episode of it, but it seemed to match the comedic. Uh, Sort of a comedic uh, pacing and tone of the uh, Edwards episodes. God damn! I just realized. You know, what we hella didn't talk about with regards to this. <laughs> completely so, missed was we didn't talk about Lupin. Oh yeah, well, like I said, we're gonna. I want to get back to this and also cover Lupin as well. Yeah. So, Cause no need to worry about getting everything. Because yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, there's some some direct parallels between this show oh, and Lupin. Yeah, the, the Lupin is basically Spike's daddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Spike Spiegel, Lupin the Fourth. Yeah, Fujiko is basically Fujiko. Oh, uh, yeah. Without question. Yeah. She makes uh, Jet Spike's uh, Jigen. Yeah, even though he's he dresses, he, I picture him more as like a Zenigata, but the relationship ain't like that. Yeah, well, no, it's kind of like he used to be Zenigata, and now he's Jigen. They got the same beard, I think. But, you know, well, I mean, well, there we go. That's another place you can go to. One of the uh, inspirations for Bebop is a uh, Lupin. So that Lupin franchise is another place you can go in regards, as well as you know. They're both space westerns, so Outlaw Star, as mentioned before. And uh, if we can venture out of anime for a minute, maybe Firefly? There's a lot of crossover between the three. There is a surprising amount of crossover between the three. Mm. Yeah, for, I mean, I was trying to think about that too, outside of anime. Uh, watch fucking Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bruce humongous influence bruce lee there's there's so many references i mean hakeem abdul 
we talked about it already. <laughs> well, I get. I mean, okay, that's that's a different movie, but still, I don't know. Just all of the works of Bruce Lee. Go watch all oh, that so, shit. It's like like maybe references to a number of his movies, Abdul Hakim and uh, Kareem Abdul in Game of Death, and then they actually directly mention Way of the Dragon, also known as Return of the Dragon, in episode two. Yeah, and then of course, but the classic is Enter the Dragon. Uh. Any uh, parting words you want to leave our uh, dear listeners with? I love you all. <laughs> about you, Joe? Just, just watch Bebop again if you haven't <laughs> already. It's okay, Joe. We're here for you. We're going to get through this. You're going to love this shit. That's I already, amazing. I do. I'm not saying I've never once said I didn't like it. It's funny. It's rehab in reverse. We're treating him for not doing something. Yeah. <laughs> we're holding him down and injecting heroin straight into his veins. Or what was yeah, the... we're gonna work orange this shit. Or what was the the drug that they that guy used in the first episode? Red eye or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bloody eye. He gets Bloody some red eye. See, I, I always say red eye, but surprisingly, they refer to it as bloody eye. Bloody eye. That's what it was. Okay. Say both. Do they but say I both? Think, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, you know, you know what I might be thinking of. I might be thinking of when he talks to that something bull, and he says the red-eyed coyote will appear in the far end of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the vodka, but I'm afraid of fresh out of tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> this is real messy and all, but you got anything to eat? I, I, God, I that's another thing. God, we didn't talk about old man bull. I love old man bull. He's great. Oh, believe again. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. Okay. We'll get back. You know, it feels like I'm forgetting something. Like there was something really important I needed to tell you guys at this point in the recording, but for the life of me, I can't remember. Probably due to the amount of difficulty finding a quiet moment to record all this. Oh well. Must have not been important or it's gonna bite me in the ass. Like everything. Anyway. Special thanks as always to the creator of the opening theme, Synthetic Highway. If you enjoyed the song and want to hear more, check out the artist Submorphine at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. S-U-B hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. Special thanks also to the creator of the promo theme, Anime Rocket. If you'd like to hear more, check out the artist at facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. If you enjoy Flash videos, feel free to check out Squarion's ongoing series, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash projectstick. If you just so happen to want to talk to my co-hosts, and I don't blame you, they're awesome people. Uh, you can uh, say hi to him directly on Twitter. You'll find Mike at Hyper90s. 90s is spelled out, because words. And you can give our fearless leader Joe face a ring at NAGP Returns. If you just so happen to want to talk to me, check me out at Old Taku Connect. Because there wasn't enough credit credits and characters. Letters allowed to make connection. Yeah, I should probably not put this one up and re-record it. Oh, I'm getting this thing. Whew. Anyway. 
we also got a Facebook. You can find it on uh, Hey Listen Radio. Just put that into the search. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Android, and, oh, duh, SoundCloud. That's probably where you're listening to this at if you aren't on the website, heylistenradio.com. Anyway, freesound.org. Freesound.org. We thank the following members of freesound.org. Zero Lag Time, Dick Blocks, Unfa, UNFA, not sure if that's the name, but, and Adam N. for the sound effects they provided there, which I used in my intro. Uh, you know, if you got a need for sound effects like the ones I use, you know, be it a audio drama or soundboard, whatever, check out uh, Free Sounds. Yeah, Free Sounds. Sorry if I keep saying it, but, uh, <laughs> I recorded a version of this in uh, plugged free ones, and well, <laughs> that would have been a hilariously tragic mistake. Anyway, I'm gonna find some way to shorten that. Well, if you got any ideas, drop me a line. You know, hit up the Twitter. Anyway, have a good night, folks. Fired. Well, let's not drift too far off the subject at hand, which is your firing. You're fired. February will be our first theme month, and it's all about Lupin the Third. We're kicking it off with the Castle of Cogliostro. 